0: Welcome to Parenting Trap, episode
1: 16. Hi, today we are talking about sports casting and reflective listening. We've mentioned sports casting in other episodes, um, and I often confuse the two. I use the term sports casting when I really mean reflective listening. And Barbara just corrected me on that today <laughs> oh
0: yeah, I think it's a it's it's a subtle difference, and it doesn't really matter. they're both important, they're both useful, and we use them all the time um so um sports casting um is when you sort of uh give words to your child's um emotions so you you usually use sports casting for children 2 and under very um this is. Um, more common for pre-verbal children so if you see a really upset kid you might say something like
1: oh I it looks like you're really upset or you seem like you're mad really mad Um, but you can also say what is happening so objectively very neutrally state what's going on not so definitely label the emotions that's great Um, but also you can say oh it looks like so-and-so has the shovel and you wanted the shovel or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, so you're, yeah, you're basically just sort of s- stating it out.
0: And this is sort of where um, I think we did an episode on sharing already, where we don't really like to force sharing. Mm-hmm. Um, this is what we would use instead of sharing, right? So yes. we probably said sports cast in that episode. So this hopefully gets some clarity to that. Um, yeah. So you, if if a kid takes another toy, you could say, oh, look you know, John just took the shovel. It looks like Ben really wants the shovel. Oh Man, that's tough. You look mad. You've got the shovel taken, Ben. You know, something mm-hmm. along those lines. Um, and and that just sort of helps for everyone in that situation, the kids right there, because they get so stuck in their own minds. Uh, it, it helps them see that what their action did affected another child. So instead of just imposing our own justice and saying, fixing the situation or what we think might be fixing the situation, um, you're giving the kids sort of an overview of what's really going
1: on. Yes. Um,
0: And I think it's useful. The
1: difference then would be sports casting is pre-verbal and reflective listening is verbal.
0: Yeah, and you know I've I've heard this say, said a lot too. Um, once a kid gets a certain age, when you try to sportscast in the same way that you do for a two-year-old or a one-year-old, um, they tend to get really resistant and angry. Uh, they they will they don't want to hear what you are trying to sportscast in that way because, um, I think it can seem maybe a little condescending actually. Yeah, because uh, you're kind That's of thinking. Yeah, you're kind of like saying what they're doing, and, um, you know, we, we it's useful for young children to kind of get that back view, but um, that's where the change is to reflective listening, uh, where instead of um, explaining things like that, you're going to uh, listen to the kid, recognize that something's going on for them, and try and get to the deeper issue. So we got a few
1: examples. Do you want to get into examples? Sure, let's do it. Okay. Let's see, did you, which one is it first? Oh did yeah, okay, so this is a
0: good one. So I'll, I'll give an example of, um, of sort of a sports casting situation. Uh, you might have a, <laughs> I have a new two year old, so I'm actually just getting probably out of the sports casting phase. I even notice he gets annoyed when I, um, try to sort of explain what's going on from my objective point of view um he doesn't really want to hear it so we're kind of getting out of that but um uh he might when he's gone to go he'll sometimes go to the door and he wants to open the door and um I will get there first and open the door and he'll just get so upset so upset because he wanted to do it himself and I did it for him and uh and I might get down and say you're really upset you wanted to open the door I opened the door you're mad, maybe mad at me. It looks like you're really mad. Yeah. And just sit and listen and let him be upset about it until he either moves on or, um, you know, gets all that. It could even be that he's upset about a lot of other things that happened through the day and that just happened to trigger it. Um, but that's what happened in the moment that just, that's what caused him to sort of explode with those emotions. And your job in that moment is to just kind of sit
1: and listen and empathize. So. Yep. Yep. That's a great example. Um, I have another example of, I would say sports casting because this happened when my kids were probably, um, three and one. So maybe my oldest was getting out of sports casting. I don't know. It's a, it's, it's a great area. It's a great area. Um, but, uh, they were taking a bath. I was giving them a bath at the same time and, um, My youngest had a toy, and my oldest grabbed it away from him, and then my youngest cried. And I kept them both safe. Um, They didn't try and lash out or hit each other, and I just said, Jamie took that toy from Robin. Robin looks really sad. Jamie wants to play with the toy, and Robin wants to play with the toy. Man, you both want to play with that, that toy, and there's only one. I said I sat there for probably like 20 minutes to a half hour. It was a very (laughs) long time with Robin very upset and Jamie playing with the toy. And eventually Jamie then gave the toy back to Robin and Robin was like so happy. And, uh, my ex-husband at the time was, um, worried because there was a lot of screaming and crying in the bathroom, but, uh, and it was going on for quite some time, but afterwards everyone was happy. Like Robin expressed his emotions, mm-hmm. Jamie gave it back to him and, and everyone was fine. Yeah. That's so sweet. So yeah. <laughs> I mean, example. <laughs> yeah.
0: And it's tough. It's tough to sit there and see kids struggle for a super long time, but when we go in and impose our own, um, what we think is right. So, I mean, we are talking about casting and that is sports casting, but this is a sharing situation too. A lot of parents might, um, grab it out of the other kid's hand and say, Oh, you've had enough time or, Oh, Robin was you shouldn't have that taken first. that. You shouldn't have taken that. Yeah. But then you're just transferring the upset to another kid. And then you're in, you know, <laughs> he's going to yes. get upset that I got taken out of his hand. So, right. Um, so if
1: I had done that, then, um, what I think would have happened if I had taken the toy out of Jamie's hands, my oldest's hands, and I handed it to my youngest, um, then that creates more sibling rivalry. He will resent Robin and look, and then both kids will look at me as the enemy, right? Mm -hmm. There's not this collaborative feeling that you get in the family. Um, when you empathize with all parties and you allow people to express their emotions and you remain non-judgmental about it 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 sets it up for just a more peaceful uh family dynamic yeah. Yes. Now, if this was a thing that happened all the time, <laughs> um, I did block. If I, if I blocked it ahead of time, I would do something like that. So it's not like I always let Jamie just take toys from Robin. I definitely stopped and supported Jamie through upset. And there were times that Robin took things from Jamie and I supported um, Jamie through his upset there, too. So uh, it's not yeah. like I'm allowing just one sibling to... Uh, dominate another (laughs) right (laughs) right it will i think
0: anyone that has um multiple children probably understand that these situations occur and kids um take things from one another and you can't always be the. ideally you stop it in advance but you know we're human and um we're not superman and we can't Get across the room in a split second and anticipate every single action our kid's gonna do before they do it. So, yeah. um, yeah, well,
1: and a lot of times I think that these the kids are working on deeper issues, mm-hmm. like, there was probably some build up tension throughout the day, and this was a release that Robin had to have, and Jamie maybe was feeling like he didn't have a lot of control in his life or something. And so he did what he did to exert control. And I'll tell you after that, it was a very long time. It was a lot of crying and I just remained very calm and made sure they were both safe. And eventually it was fine. The rest of the bedtime routine went so smoothly. It was amazing. Like they were, they were so happy and loving with each other, with me, and so I think like if I had gone in and said, Oh, don't do that. And taken out Jamie's hands and given it to Robin. Um, I don't, I don't think, I think it would have been a nightmare of a bedtime because then Jamie would feel misunderstood. Um, yeah. And, uh, and yeah, I don't know. Wow. <laughs> that's,
0: that's amazing. It's amazing. But I mean, this is a powerful tool. Um, ref- reflective listening and sports casting. So, um, this this is this is a first go to for my toolbox would be uh this reflective listening or sports casting yeah. so well and i think uh, this is how they learn empathy it's how they learn empathy because it's the you,
1: beginning it's the beginning of it yeah yeah because you can't i don't think you can teach a kid empathy by lecturing them and telling them what's right mm-hmm. they need to see it for themselves and seeing another kid upset by their actions and then another kid happy with an action,
0: yeah,
1: is that's that is going to teach way them way impactful. more,
0: yeah, right? We actually have an episode on empathy hopefully coming up because I've got a whole thing of show notes, nice. and so we'll have to do that one soon because it does, it's another one that keeps coming up a lot in these, um, in, in what we talk about, but uh, I do think people have a foundation of understanding what that is, so um, but I'd yes. love, love to talk about that, um, but yeah, um, so. Sports casting, um, another good example of sports casting. I've got a couple of examples here. Um, um, so I've got two kids, uh, uh, now almost actually she's about eight. Okay. I was about to say almost nine months, but really eight months old and a two year old. And, um, so you can use this for very young children. Um, and lately What's been what's been happening is um, we have a lot of popsicles in our house. And my two year old is loving popsicles, mainly because my sister's kids here love popsicles. And yes. He just Adores everything that they do and say <laughs> and wear. And so he basically wants to eat exclusively popsicles. But um, he'll go and he'll get a popsicle out of the freezer and he'll eat it, start eating it. And then he'll walk over to um, my baby, our baby, the Crane, and um, he'll give her some. And then he'll take it back and start eating it. And then she'll start crying because she wants more popsicle. And I'll just say, um, oh, it looks like Crane's upset. She wants more popsicle. And he'll kind of turn around and look at her and then go, oh, and then hand her the popsicle again. And they'll kinda of just go, you know, he'll he'll sit there and then go back and forth giving her popsicle. Um, but it, you know, it's he doesn't necessarily realize that when he is walking away with a popsicle. That that's why she's crying, and so when you point that out, it it, it often does bring him back in. I mean, okay. sometimes he goes, no mine or whatever, right. but and then I'll get her her own popsicle too because, you know, yeah, you can have a little popsicle too. But um, it's just that recognition that oh my actions actually affected another person. Oh huh. oh wow okay well here I can help that out so. Um, that,
1: I yes. that's always
0: really sweet to see between my two kids. <laughs> yes.
1: And I feel like this encourages sharing more mm-hmm. than when you try to force sharing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If
0: I just took the popsicle out of his hand and like cut it in half, I think he would just feel like I, I don't know, I just ruined his popsicle or, um, it just wouldn't seem fair. Uh, yeah. And it's, it's tempting, you know, you think oh well it's half and half it's super fair she's happy just getting a couple licks of popsicle and he's happy eating most of the popsicle mm-hmm. so no point in really forcing that any further than, than right. what they've sorted out themselves
1: and well and it's creating um, a, a better bond between them because yeah. he's genuinely sharing on his own like I think you're going to get more cooperation mm-hmm. with kids mm-hmm. when you do this method than if you if you had said um Heron, can share your Popsicle with Crane. Yeah. Because people don't like being told what to do um, versus just the neutral. um, Oh, it looks like Crane wants more Popsicle. And then Heron can make his own decision. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. I have some. And you don't. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty sweet. Yes. Um, uh, So the next example um, is not just one story. It's kind of uh, a lot of stories I... Um, volunteered. I sent my youngest to a co-op preschool. And when you do that, you volunteer to work at the preschool too. And I did that for two years. And I can't tell you how many times this method, this reflective listening, prevented a conflict or it was probably a conflict before that or a conflict that was brewing, right? But it prevented, um, an altercation, like a physical altercation, because um, these kids are so young and they're all at all these different de- developmental levels. So you have, uh, you can have two four-year-olds, but one has more impulse control than another. And, um, it's very common to see kids in this setting, uh, hit and push when they don't get their way. So this, when you go into it and you hear that there might be uh, a conflict starting and then you, you ask, oh, what's going on? And you just non-judgmentally say what you see and try and um, uh, restate the kid's feelings. How do you feel about that? Oh, you feel this way about that how do you feel about that? Oh, you feel this way about that. It's amazing how many times they figure out a solution on their own. Yeah. It just resolves peacefully. Yeah. So that wasn't one specific example. It's just, it yeah. happened so much.
0: No, but one thing I remember, um, when, um, pretty recently we were at the park yes. and there was some conflict between your kids and another kid, just a stranger at the park. And, um, I, really admired the way you handled that thanks yeah
1: yeah so what happened at the park is uh my kids play this uh video game called imposter where i guess uh one person is an imposter and the rest aren't and you don't know who the imposter is and then the imposter is supposed to sneakily kill um the other players and then and then the the other players vote who it is and they get they get ejected from the ship or something. It's (laughs) it's a video game (laughs) and they love it. And so they play it at the park. Um, And so they would get like a a neutral party. So me or someone else to say who the imposter is. And then they run around and, you know, try and the imposter tries to kill the other players without the other players seeing that it's him. Um, So they were doing that. And my oldest was the imposter And, um, they, they, they came running to me, uh, crying and the other kid's mom was close by too. And this, the other kid was crying and I asked what the matter, what, what the matter was. And, um, Jamie said that the kid hit him and the other kid said, well, he hit me first. And Jamie said, I didn't hit you. We were playing imposter. And so I said, oh, um, and I looked at the other kid and I said, do you know the game imposter? And the other kid said, no. And then I told Jamie, I said, oh, it sounds like he's never played that game. He doesn't know what it is. And Jamie thought, oh, so when they kill each other, it's usually some sort of physical action that might be construed as a punch or a hit. Um, especially for kids that don't Necessarily know one another. If you don't know, it's like tag. <laughs> yeah. If you don't know tag, and then someone just goes up and does this, yeah. you're like, you just pushed me. Yeah. And it's like, oh, I thought we were playing a game. <laughs> and so when my oldest realized he didn't understand that, um, he was no longer upset about the other kid hitting him. And the other kid, when he learned that it was a game and he didn't understand the rules, he wasn't upset that he was hit, right? And um, I said, were you guys having fun before that? Playing together before that? And they both said, yes. And I said, do you want to continue to play together? And they both said yes. And I said, okay, do you want to maybe try playing a game that you both know? And um, they said yes, and they decided amongst themselves they wanted to play tag. So they ran off and then played tag, and everything was fine.
0: Yeah. They oh. didn't want
1: to leave the park. They wanted to keep playing with them. I think when it was time to go, it was hard to drag them away.
0: Yeah, that's so sweet. I love that so much because it's about, it's you just, you listen to each kid. You listen to each one of them, and even sometimes um, saying back, "Oh, you know, you know what they said. You thought Jamie hit you. Did like you know you thought this other kid hit you?" And they're they're kind of putting all these pieces together that their actions um, are beyond themselves, and
1: uh, and that it it's just well, it's so amazing. It's amazing how many times even for adults. I mean, I think the majority yeah. of conflicts are miscommunication. Oh God. Yes. And that's what this is. The yeah. kids didn't understand where they were. They were, it was a miscommunication.
0: Yeah. Miscommunication. Right? Absolutely.
1: Um, They didn't yeah. understand where the disconnect was. And so I tried to be that person to find out where the connection is.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's so much of what reflective listening is. Um, uh, listening to each side of the story. I think think a lot of parents would go into that and, well, you hit first, you know, and they might try and blame the kid that hit first. That wasn't good. That was not nice or whatever. You start assigning, you know,
1: blame names, whatever. If if you start assigning blame, then the kids get defensive. Mm -hmm. Um, a lot of parents might, uh, try and enact a punishment, in which case Mm -hmm. the kids would feel way misunderstood. Mm -hmm. Um, not their feelings, not validated. Um, yeah, yeah. but it was actually a wonderful thing. The kids learned that, oh, people can have different perspectives and not know, and we can still go off and have fun together.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It was wonderful. Oh, that was a really nice thing to see. Yeah. You handle things so well.
1: Oh, thanks. I love kids. They're so much fun. And I love how honest they are. They just, um, they'll just, just tell you anything. Uh, It's It's really sweet. It is so sweet. Yeah. Especially
0: if you foster this um, sort of trust in your child and, um,
1: and if you you don't don't use punishments, punishments, then there's like no reason for them to lie. And they'll just say like, oh yeah, I was mad at him. So I hit him. And it's like, oh wow. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> let's figure
0: out why you why he was so mad and that why you're so hard mad. <laughs> yeah
1: um yeah no it's so, so sweet it's so awesome um mm-hmm. a good
0: book we actually did this on our top five books and I have one right
1: here um it talks about reflective
0: listening um the how to talk so kids will listen and listen so kids will talk I think this is maybe the third time I put this book up in here I recommended it um but it's a great book and it does a deep dive on how to reflective listen and, and communicate with children better. Because um, the more we model this and the more we give them patience and understanding, the better they're going to be able to communicate with each other and not need us as much to step in and, um, you know, sort of get every side of the story and help them help kids communicate. So we really want that for our children.
1: Um,
0: yep. Yeah. I don't know. Did you want to tell another example or do you think we have another one? I do love that story. Okay.
1: So so the other story that we wrote down in our notes is, um, a time when, uh, this has actually happened multiple times. Um, there was a time it happened pretty recently where I was driving to Barbara's house with my kids. (laughs) And, um, for some reason, Robin, my youngest, um, was very upset. He was very mad. I can't actually remember what he was mad about. Um, and he kept saying, I hate you. He was very mad. And so, when you do this reflective listening, one thing that's important is to not get emotionally involved yourself. Um, so, instead of reacting to that in a negative way, I hear it for what it really is. And what he's trying to say, but doesn't have the words or maturity to say, is, I'm mad at you. Because I know he doesn't actually hate me. And so, I reflect that back to him. And I say, I hear you're really mad. And I explain what I think he's mad about. And, um, and then I just said, I love you no matter what. I will always love you. And it's okay that you're mad at me. That's okay. And, uh, by the time we got to Barbara's house, it's about an hour drive. By the time we got to Barbara's house, um, I let him out of the car and he was just he uh, he he like he hugged me. He was like, I love you, mom. He was so loving. It was amazing. And it was like, he was just, there's something in him. He was really mad. He had to get it out. He got it out. And I think he really appreciated that I gave him a safe place for him to express that. If we are safe, a safe place where they feel free to express their emotions, the connection you feel with your kids is incredible.
0: Yeah. And it, I, I feel like it's so tempting to hear those, especially something like, I hate you, you know, that's can, that can seem like, oh, really hurtful words. And, you know, usually when someone you love says something, something like that, there's something else going on. Um, but it's tempting with kids to try and convince them that, um, so, I mean, parents deal with this in different ways, because I've heard everything from... Um, you don't really mean that. Or never say that. Or never say that. Yeah. That's not nice. Um or even um the guilt. Ah, oh, that really hurts my feelings. Um, that hurts my feelings. Did you really want to hurt my feelings? Like you you're trying to guilt your kid into feeling guilty. Right. And you know, not recognizing that there's something else there um is really uh it's, it's hard because that's really the kid, the kid probably wants to resolve
1: another issue and you're making him feel further bad about it. Yes. And another response that would be, um, I would not recommend is, uh, if you laugh about it and, and treat it like it's not real or valid, like, oh, ha fine. You can hate me then or something like yeah, that. That would be invalidating. Yeah. Um, probably
0: make them a little bit more angry. Right. Uh, so I would avoid all of those responses.
1: Yes. Um, so I definitely try and just focus on the emotion behind the words and, um, and then give that to them. That's what, that's what I see because I think that's what's really going on yeah. and they know it. They, they don't have the words to say it or the maturity to admit that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once it passes, they will be so thankful that you were there for them. Yeah allowed them that space to feel that way so
0: it's it really can be sweet so that and that's what reflective listening looks like the i hate you you know i hate you you never let me eat ice cream or you know i wanted taco
1: bell (laughs) my kids kids love taco bell i am so Mm -hmm. sick of taco bell yeah yeah
0: yeah (laughs) and when they say that you know i hate you oh you know you're really mad you wanted taco bell for lunch and we got chick-fil-a instead you know whatever it might be so <laughs> yeah and, and and hopefully that this was helpful because um again like we said at the beginning of this it's a powerful tool and it actually helps communication um it's it's really about listening getting to the bottom of things and nurturing the relationship with your child mm-hmm. not trying to create further division and the more upset you get about something um, is going to really flame flame the fire so yeah it'll make it worse will make it worse yes. and it's going to come up again and again and again if you keep um yep. yeah if you yeah. keep doing that sort of thing so awesome thanks guys of i uh, hope this was nice and helpful and subscribe yeah. um share this episode if you know someone that you think this could help um and uh write
1: us questions write us
0: questions uh we, we're trying to put together A Q&A where we kind of do a rapid fire um uh sort of reading out the questions and then how a respectful parenting might approach that situation so uh, when we get enough of those questions in we will do that episode so write us and we will
1: at questions dip. at parenting yeah <laughs>
0: yes Thank you, yeah. Where, where do you put that? It'll be in the awesome. show notes. It'll be in the show notes, and we appreciate we'll you
1: guys. You. Thanks a lot. Thank you so much. We'll see you next time.